0: Alrighty. Howdy. I just hit the record button. Um, it's five o'clock on the 20th and we're here for another rousing coaching session in room one. So as you're joining up, if you would like to rename yourself, that would be great. And then if not, I will rename you. I'm picking a theme today of, um, Horoscope science, <laughs> because I am currently losing my mind with my own horoscope. So we buffer in our own ways. So anyway, let me just get back on track here. So welcome to Room 1. It's uh, 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on July 20th. So I will just talk a little bit about Room 1, what we do, um, kind of some guidelines are a, a good way to get started for those of you who might be new and listening for the first time. Um, one of my one-on-one clients actually brought up a really, really good point the other day about where to get started. She was going to be making some suggestions to her friends. And, um, I think some trainees that she had that room one might be a good option, but she was a little unclear about where, um, where to really get started with everything. And so, I really recommend that whatever we're doing, we don't use this as one more thing to heap on ourselves to beat ourselves up with. Um, If it's just going to end up being one more thing on the to-do list that we're not doing or not doing to some level of expectation, and then we start beating ourselves up about that, it's just kind of defeating the point of doing it in the first place. So I recommend doing the smallest amount on a very consistent basis that helps you get to the point you want to be. And that is gonna look very different for pe- for different people. Some of us have professional goals. Some of us have personal goals. Um, some of us have relationship goals. I know what I'm working on now doesn't even look like what I was working on three years ago. So these things are very dynamic and might change. Um, so the compound effect is when we choose one small action item that we can complete consistently and then really start to give ourselves a little bit of traction with having our own back, with um, completing a task for ourselves that's contributing to our own well-being. And then we build on from there. And of course, we use the model. The model is where the circumstances are outside of us. They um, are kind of the data of the world that we observe and that our brains are just trying to make sense of. Our thoughts come in the form of these sentences in our mind, which are never nice and neat. They usually are some kind of a kind of shitstorm of thoughts that happen. And then our thoughts will create our feelings. Our feelings are just the sensations in the body that then drive us to do something. Maybe it drives us to, um, for me, like watch a bunch of TV. Maybe it's drives us to work out. Maybe it drives us to eat cookies. I don't know. You name it, but our feelings will drive us to act. And that's kind of how we show up in the world. And then all of our actions will culminate in a result that is basically showing us what we're living, which ties back to our thought, not the circumstance. That's a very brief overview on the model. And then the last little piece I'd like to mention for those of you who are just getting started is this idea called ARCA, A-R-C-A. In the beginning of this work, when we're really just looking at our own thinking and we're kind of taking that 30,000 foot view of becoming the observer, we're just gaining awareness. And it sounds simple, but it's actually um, very profound when we're being in that observer role, and we're observing what our brain offers us, we're observing the feelings that we're experiencing in the body. And often that awareness leads to some resistance because we don't like it. That's okay. It's perfectly normal. But one of the ways we can get around the resistance is to, or it's not even really around, it's to move through the resistance is to remain kind of curious and open and compassionate about what we're experiencing as a human. And the more you can offer yourself compassion and that sense of curiosity about um, you know, what your brain is offering you, why it's offering you what it is, why you feel what you feel, what are those feelings telling you, all of that serves to just deepen a relationship with yourself that eventually helps you just live and be in a more authentic and aligned um, position in your own life. So A is awareness, R is resistance, C is compassion and curiosity, and then the last A is after you're able to be so curious about your own thinking and feeling, you start to get some authority over it and you start to be able to manipulate your own experience of the world with agency in your own life. So A-R-C-A, that's kind of the whole process. With that, I will turn it over to the group. Um, We have a small group so far tonight, so uh, if anybody has anything they would want to be coached on, please raise your hand or uh, go over into the chat and we can start talking. Alrighty. Hi, Scorpio. Hi, how are you? Good. I don't even know if you are a Scorpio, but if you are, I'm going to be very excited.
1: (laughs) I am not. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I am. That's
0: okay. why I picked it. It, it, it,
1: makes the,
0: it makes the anonymity better, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's right. Okay, very good. So what's going on for you today?
1: I need some coaching on my relationship with my husband. Okay. I, I feel like we're growing up, to, but not necessarily that we're growing apart. We're just so busy mm-hmm. um, in our own kind of like worlds. Him with work and child, um, mm-hmm. that,
2: that or making
1: him be so busy with work, not. Mm-hmm. Being
0: so Scorpio, um, I'm having a hard time hearing what you're saying. I heard that you're um, maybe not necessarily growing apart, but that you're so busy. And then I think you started to say some details about that, but I didn't catch them. Sorry,
2: that's okay. Um,
1: I think my Bluetooth cut out. Um, so we're we're growing apart, and. It's we're busy in our separate kind of worlds, him with work and me with work and our child. And I think some of it's he's so busy with work and stressed that he just is stressed. And I'm making his distance because of that mean something about us.
0: Oh, interesting. Thank you for inviting me on my own head. No, no, that's this is so great. And I think it's really awesome and generous that you brought it up because, um, relationships we have, it doesn't matter if we talk about the relationship with our husband or relationship with a business partner or surgical partner or whatever, it's all just human interaction. And so the tools we can use here, we can apply to any relationship. So thank you very much. This will be great. Um, so if we put that C as relationship with husband, um, you mentioned a couple things, which I think could be considered thoughts, like we're growing apart or we're busy in our separate worlds, but we could also just assume that that's true and just put that in the sea. I mean, we don't really have to get super nutty about it, but I think what's really important is you know, what the thought is that's coming up, that's causing you distress. So if we could figure that out, I think it would be really, really helpful. So what of what you just told us do you think is, whether it's a feeling that you're having or the thought that you're having, what do you think is the most distressing to you? That I don't feel connected to him. Okay. Um, At
1: least not to the extent I used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And when you think that, how do you feel? Very sad. Alrighty. And then when you feel
2: sad,
1: what do you do? Uh, I know I'm supposed to pick one, but two things. (laughs) Well, mainly I ruminate on it. Okay. That's probably the main thing. You can
0: pick as many actions as you want. In fact, we want to have like a really, really complete picture of the actions because the feeling is what drives us to show up in whatever way we're showing up. And so really digging into the A, I think is super helpful. So if you ruminate, okay. that's perfect. Okay. We're all ruminators. So tell us what you ruminate about. What are the thoughts in your rumination?
1: Um, That this is because of me, um, that we're not going to regain that closeness, (laughs) um, crazy things like he's having an affair, which as much as you can know is not true, I know is not true.
0: Yeah. Um... So let's and- pause, let's pause there, but and I want to hear what you have to say, but this is all very um familiar. When we ruminate, usually we're gonna do something where we beat ourselves up. So you're like, this is my fault. We usually do something where we invent some kind of a disastrous future, which is he won't, we we won't regain this closeness. And Also, we make up other stuff like he's having an affair, which is also, um, you know, kind of, kind of like that making up the future sort of thing or or the reality. But it's also kind of like judging him, like, like assuming what he's doing. Um, So I just want to point this out for the people who are like learning how to use the model. The reason why this tool is so beautiful is it helps us kind of tease apart what all these different things are. It kind of gives us like the anatomy of what's going on in any given moment. And only until you can see that anatomy, can you learn, you know, how you want to move through it. So thank you for sharing that. Now, what what were you going to say next?
1: The other actions, um, my usual default, which is what I want to do, Mm -hmm. and I keep myself from doing because it makes it worse in our relationship is trying to talk about it. (laughs) So you don't talk about it. Um, just a little bit, just enough to check in to say, are you okay? Aren't we okay? Um, but often if he's stressed and I try to push him on it, it ends with him getting more frustrated and with more unhappiness.
0: Okay, so you're basically like maybe communicating in a, um, like a less, like a, like you're not um, confronting him, but rather kind of being more passive with the communication. I'm trying to figure out a way to say it based on how you described it. Sounds like you're not communicating in a way you would really want to.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to communicate kind of more as he likes to more than what I like to. Okay. Kind of meet on his level of communication, which hopefully is helping him, but is not helping my rumination.
0: So you're communicating with how you would think he would want? Yes. Okay. So basically you're not really showing up as your full self, like your true self. You're showing up as the person you think he wants you to show up as. (laughs) Never thought of it like that, but yeah. (laughs) So this is so important, right? Because the thought here is I don't feel connected to him, but the action is, is you're showing up as like not even a person he can connect with because it's not really you.
1: That makes sense.
0: Isn't that interesting? We all do this, by the way.
2: (laughs) We totally all do
0: it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what else do you think you're doing in your A-line? Sounds like worrying. um... I'm just, I'm comparing is kind of the other thing that I'm doing that's
1: causing problems in my head.
0: Okay. Tell us about that. I
1: cannot get rid of a thought about an old relationship. Like an ex-boyfriend. That you had. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of compare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you know the human brain hates uncertainty so much that it would rather make shit up that's bad in order to feel better? So, um, I also think that if you're, if you don't have like this, whatever line of communication that you desire, there's a lot of uncertainty there, right? Cause it's like, you're assuming things about him and, um, and comparing to an old relationship and imagining negative futures. And it's like, there isn't like real certainty in. Um, and what you're describing to us about what's actually going on in the relationship, it's like, we're just disconnected. And, um, so I'm imagining like all this other bad stuff and, oh, by the way, like I'm remembering this other relationship that was like way better, (laughs) which by the way, or not
1: better. And just with the same problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe I still have dreams about my high school boyfriend. If that's any consolation, like good dreams. Yeah,
1: it's that. Is very validating, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so anyway, um, this is so important. So these actions then basically will create your result. What do you see as the result that's being created here?
1: That we're just more disconnected.
0: That's right. It's, this is um, like, and not only are you disconnected, but if this is what's going on in the action line, then, at least on your side of things, there isn't a possibility for connection, or I shouldn't say isn't a possibility. it's just like way less likely. yeah, so I'll just put decrease possibility for connection um there are two things that I wanted to go over, and they're I find them very fascinating. Number one is all of our relationships we've ever had exist in our minds. Like I know we like live with a human and all of that. And he has his experience of his part of the relationship, but your experience of your part of the relationship lives in your mind in your, in your heart, I guess, your body, whatever feelings you have about it. So this is, this is interesting to think about because imagine you have, um, well, even like thinking about the boyfriend, the old the old relationship, like that exists in your brain. It's not like he's here in front of you right now. You're able to generate thoughts and feelings about something that's not even physically in your presence. The same is true for relationships, like when you live with somebody or if you have long distance relationship. All of all of our um, perceived connection is actually generated internally. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't respond to things that they do. And of course, there's it takes two to tango. But for your experience of your part of the relationship, there's a lot that you have in your immediate control. And the second thing I wanted to tell you was is I had actually did this own my own experiment with this with my husband because it was a similar but different situation um, where I was really contemplating like the strength of the relationship. And I did this exercise where I wrote down 100 things I love about him. And this took me like two and a half hours because it was really hard in the beginning to generate stuff. And um, because I wanted to prove to myself that the, that my experience of the relationship that I was in charge of that. And if I chose, I could generate love as a feeling by how I was thinking. So I took this whole you know, piece of paper. And I was writing down all this stuff and it was like the most ridiculous stuff. But at the end of it, I was like, wow, I just felt so warm and fuzzy about it for like two and a half hours that I was doing this exercise. I'm the one that had the thoughts and I'm the one that generated the feeling. And I handed him the piece of paper. He didn't know I was even doing it. And he was like, oh, that's cool. And he like stuck it in a drawer. <laughs> so he, he had nothing to do with it. Like literally before, during, and after. So it was all me. Now that's not to say that I'm trying to encourage you to just think loving thoughts about somebody. That's not the point. The point is to illustrate that whatever you do want to experience and think about in your own relationship, you're in charge of. So with that being in mind, um, how do you want to feel about it? Like, let's say that you are let's say that busy in separate worlds is a circumstance. Oh, you know what Scorpio? There's one other thing I wanted to do really quickly. If you don't mind is let's imagine what your husband's model is. If he's oh. stressed. Cause he has a feeling of stressed. So let's imagine yes. what's that. We don't even have to be right about it. It's just fun to guess. Okay. Um, I don't know what his C is, but certainly something's happening that he's Whoops. So he's feeling stressed. What do you think he's thinking that's making him feel stressed? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: I mean, the circumstance is, well, work is busy and he can't fix it. His work is busy. Yeah. Without getting into too many details. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's okay. His work is busy. He, so he's thinking, I can't fix this.
1: Is that it? I guess that might be, yeah. It, it feels like a circumstance, but it probably is a
0: thought. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And maybe, maybe he actually can't fix it. Like, maybe that is part of it. Um, it doesn't matter at this point. We're just making this up because we can't really know what his model is unless he tells us. But I like to do this exercise when I've been kind of like um, assuming stuff about other people, I just like to kind of get clear about it and try to understand where they might be coming from. So where do you feel comfortable putting this? Do you want to put that up in the seat, like his work is busy and he can't fix it?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. And then what do you
0: think he's thinking about that?
1: Um. That he's a failure, oh,
3: or,
2: he feel that way,
1: yeah, or more of like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: anything else you think he might be thinking, just so we can um, maybe just like try to that understand where he's coming from that his work is
1: like useless or wasteful, like it's not helping. So it's a waste mm-hmm. of time. Um, um, useless work is get... waste of the time is probably the best.
0: So this has been something that I've found really interesting working through with some other men. Um, and I don't think that this is necessarily, you know, like a rule or anything, but it just seems that men derive a lot of their sense of self-worth from their job, from their work. And if that is at all challenged or compromised, or they're not getting that validation, it really is very, very difficult. Now, I know we experience similar things and, and maybe, um, you know, I don't want to like turn this into like a sexist discussion, but I have noticed in people that I've coached and just some encounters I've had that, um, men have a tendency to put a lot of their self-worth in their job. Um, so do you think that could be at all a challenge for him?
1: Somewhat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially because it's now kind of, it used to not be, and now he's had a promotion and. He's, so he seems to be putting in more hours from that, but it's not having a benefit and it's decreasing his ability to kind of take care of the aspects of the house that he always did. So then Mm -hmm. I'm picking that up and that's probably taking away from his feeling of contribution.
0: It's possible. So then, so he feels stressed. And so then in his A-line, that means he's like working more. not doing home stuff what else is he doing
2: i mean he's he's he's
0: maybe judging himself
1: yeah just not doing the things that he used to do for fun because he doesn't have as much time
0: okay And then when he's stressed, how does he communicate with you?
1: He doesn't.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he probably has some kind of a thought loop going. It's a generally human thing to do. He's probably ruminating. If he's thinking something like I'm a failure or this is a waste of my time, I mean, something tells me that that's showing up in his... Um, If he's, you know, has a thought loop. So as we know with the way the model works is that then he'll prove to himself that he's a failure in some way. Like he'll basically prove to himself his
2: T-line. Like he's not getting the job done.
0: So now maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong. It doesn't really matter, but just taking a moment to put yourself into somebody else's shoes and just try to even imagine what might be their model, I think is really useful to help us understand that when they're acting a certain way, it like really has nothing to do with you. Even though when you're in the relationship, we make it mean like we're doomed. Um, He's having an affair, like he doesn't love me. I know you didn't say that, but I'm just saying what we typically you know, yeah. say, we make it mean something about us. And it's highly, highly possible that, that this isn't really about you or your relationship. It's about him and his relationship with this job. It's possible, just saying. So now if we could circle back to you and if we could then use the model to create a result that you want and work backwards, I think that might be really useful for you and people too, to see how strategic you could be. So what do you, what result do you want for your relationship?
1: I want like a feeling of closeness, closeness, like we're partners communicating.
0: Okay. So you want to feel close.
1: Okay. What would you need
2: to think to feel close to him? that we're partners and
0: in this together yeah we're partners now that thought is great and I love it but that also depends on him so what if we were to pick something that only depends on you since you're the only one that's going to be responsible for your part
2: um I'm glad we're together. Yeah.
0: Could be, I'm glad we're together. Could just be like, I'm his partner. Okay. You know, like, yes, you're like, we are partners. But I'm talking about like, if we're trying to create something intentional that you can work with and try to change your experience, like now, the only thing you're going to have control over is your own self. So definitely, like, I'm glad we're together. But if you're looking to feel close, it's like, I promised this guy I would stick by him. Or I, I, you know, I want to be his partner or, or I, um,
2: trying to think of what would generate closeness I'm connected to him.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling on that one too. Yeah.
0: It could even be something like, cause like you have kind of a stressful job too. And you have lots of stuff that you have no control over and you have lots of stuff in your own job that, um, you know, sometimes if I'm not mistaken, we have a tendency to kind of live out that exact same model that we just did for your husband. So who knows him, who knows him and the experience he could be having right now better than anybody. Yeah. Like you probably have some degree of like experiential knowledge of that stress and what he's going through. And even if you're like taking the time to put him in your, and sh- you're taking the time to put yourself in his shoes, all of that is inside of you. And that is drawing you close to him.
2: Hmm. I guess I'm
1: sticking, this is gets away from the model, but a thought I just had. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to support him how I think he, wants to be supported, but it comes back to that of, am I being my true self when I do that?
0: Yeah. I still don't so, know how to <laughs> so let's. that's a really great question. So how do we, like, if, how would, what would it look like for you to show up in this relationship, taking full responsibility for only what you contribute and you bring to the relationship? What would you want that person to look like? Not not physically, but like, what would you, how would you want <laughs> that person to show up?
2: Present mm-hmm.
1: there to talk about issues and kind of take away other stress or responsibilities that I can.
2: that sounds like being a teammate yeah like yeah so take how else would you show up as you're like the authentic version of you
1: Trying to be optimistic about the problems
2: is that is that um that's true? the true me. yeah yeah
0: so practice I'm gonna say practice being optimistic
1: yeah I've definitely fallen out of that habit but that is the true me
0: Yeah. And I just want to draw a distinction between practicing optimism, which I do all the time and toxic positivity. So the the, the difference is, is when we try to bypass the work of understanding all of this in the first place. And we just like want to slap a new thought on it. Like everything's fine. We just need to raise our vibration. We just need to raise the vibration in this relationship. And it's going to be great. Like that's different than like, somebody who wants to be intentional about the way they're thinking and feeling. And if you intentionally wanna be optimistic, then good for you. So I think this is really important because if the feeling that you desire is closeness and you feel close to him, then you probably would be present to talk about issues. You probably would try to take responsibilities if you can, like try to be a teammate. Um, and part of being a teammate is, is kind of like sometimes when one of us is down, the other one, is, one of us is up and try to like, you know, mm-hmm. sort of help the tide to rise. I think that's a really important dynamic in teams actually. So I, t- I mean, this really sounds like you want to be like a contributing member to the team.
1: I think that's a good way to put
0: it. So maybe that's the thought. It's like, I'm going to do everything I can to be a contributing member to this team. Or I want to, or I desire to. Yeah. You know, this relationship is so important to me that I want to do everything I can. That's in my, that that's within my power, my responsibility, something, you know, just something along those lines, because then that gives you the full authority for what you bring. And, and it doesn't really require anything of him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's his responsibility. The other person in the relationship is responsible for their thoughts and their feelings. But what's super fascinating is, is when we kind of really step into kind of what we desire in our, in our, um, I don't know, like aligned action, then usually the other person in a relationship actually starts kind of responding differently as well. So there is this sort of like, um, it's just a different energy that you bring. And maybe that means that you grow in connection or maybe it doesn't. So I don't really know what the outcome will be, but I know that your experience of the whole thing will be different. Hmm. Like you're, I, so. I just want to say this because for the people who are listening now, or who might listen back later, It's like we can't really control the outcome of the relationship, and we can't control the other person in the relationship. But what we can control is our experience of it. And so, you can either be in an experience where you're sad and you basically aren't or or just like kind of dancing around to issues and walking on eggshells, maybe trying to say, Hey, is everything okay? and not really wanting to poke the bear. Oops, let me go back one more, so we can either live there.
2: Oh my gosh, you guys! Whew.
0: Where you're thinking and feeling like so disconnected, or you can on purpose say, "You know what?" You can even say, "Like I know that right now things are kind of hard, and we feel and I'm feeling disconnected, but." I want to take responsibility for my part on this team. And I'm going to be the best teammate that I can be like, you don't even have to give this up to change your experience of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it's not even realistic to give it up because our brains are always going to want to go back to the shitty thing. That's normal. And I think what's really cool though, is if you develop like a little bit more agility, kind of helping yourself not beat yourself up about having these the default and then And also being able to be like, you know what? That's okay. It's okay that I think that right now. And I'm still going to try to do my best to be the best teammate that I can be.
1: Is that making sense? It does make sense. Okay. Do you have any questions? I guess I know from history that sometimes when I do all that, mm-hmm. he, I get mad when he doesn't kind of reciprocate.
0: Oh yeah. Because we always want people to do what we want. Right. It's <laughs> so awesome. And that's of probably course. a whole
1: nother model that I don't need to take the whole time on tonight, but
0: Well, I mean, nobody else, if anybody else has something they want coaching on, then that's great. But I mean, this is pretty juicy and we're hitting like lots of different (laughs) tools. So that brings up, so basically, let me tell you guys, if anybody else wants coaching, then I want you to pop over into the chat or raise your hand. Um, And we have another person that came on that I'm gonna rename. Um, So if you have anything you want to talk about, please pop into the chat. But if we don't, I just like to round this out with that, the manual idea. So what Scorpio is talking about here is we do all this work and we're like being our, bringing our best to the table. And then the other person still isn't doing what we want them to do, because we all have this idea in our brains about how other people should behave. That's normal. That's called a manual. Um, and where we run into friction is if other people aren't doing what we think they should be doing. And so it's interesting just kind of understanding that we do that and knowing that everybody does that. Like he has a manual for you too. So it's it's totally reciprocal. Um but it's that expectation piece like when we're like, okay, now I'm showing up now how come you're not showing up? And that's the tough part because you have no control over what he's going to do. Or anybody that we're in a relationship with. We just can't, that's their business. And then the minute that we're like, okay, he's not doing what I, you know, what I think he should be doing or, you know, he's not bringing his best self to the table. Then we're back into like, um, we're, we're then like not kind of focusing on our responsibility. Now we're like, okay, that's kind of, um,
1: yeah. We're trying to control someone else, which we can't. So that's right. Don't waste your time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we can do a model on that too. Cause this comes up for everybody. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty coming. Um, so I just want to finish this out. The res- the result here is is that you end up feeling connected to him. You know, you like increase the likelihood of connection. I'm like all over the place tonight.
1: I like using your whole pad of paper on this.
0: I love it. I get so excited, and my brain's going a million miles a minute. So I just have to remind myself to slow down. Okay. Um. So, the the new thought is like he's not what.
2: Um. I mean, the thought is he doesn't care.
0: Okay. Um, And so up in the C now, since you, we've just completed an intentional model for you. So now that result, which is you increase the likelihood of um, connections. I hope I keep everybody on track here because this is really interesting. When we create a result out of an intentional model, that result ends up becoming the next circumstance. So now so now Scorpio's done all her work and she's like, I'm gonna be the best teammate even though right now it kind of feels clunky in our relationship and you generate that close feeling and then you show up as your authentic self and you're doing all the work and being the good teammate. And the result is that you basically open the door on your side to have closeness with this person. So now that result is now the circumstance because it's something you created in the world. And now it's your circumstance. And now we're going to have thoughts about that. Well, he doesn't care. <laughs> um, and so how does that feel?
1: Oh, like a word I shouldn't say. Shit. Uh.
0: is it a different word than shit? Nope. That's perfect. Okay. That's exactly. What it is. And so then when you feel like shit, what do you do? Ruminate again. Up. Yeah. Right. So this that's is right. perfect Scorpio because now <laughs> we can see how like then now we're back in his business and then we stop showing up and taking care of our responsibility. So basically when we stop showing up then we we don't care.
2: You. Not we. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So we put ourselves back in his business and then all of a sudden we stop showing up and then we stop caring. It's just fascinating. And like there aren't any rules on how to do it. There aren't rules on how to do marriage. And marriage sometimes sucks. And it's really hard and every day it's kind of a choice, Um, but this just gives you an opportunity to kind of examine it and just see where, if you desire, you could potentially experience it differently. And maybe you don't want to experience it differently. And I'm not here to try to get you to, but if you would want to, or just explore different ways in which the relationship that you're experiencing in your brain and in your body could be different or less painful, then it's definitely available. It just takes practice like everything.
1: So I just keep showing up even when all the time, and I guess that's what you're supposed to do in marriage.
0: Well, no, I mean, that's up to you because people get divorced all the time. And sometimes actually showing up means showing up for yourself. So that's like, we're not only showing up for the relationship for him, but you're showing up for yourself. It's like, we don't want to extinguish who you are. And if, you know, showing up and taking responsibility and being the good teammate is just killing your soul, then, then that's also not good. Does that make sense? How it's like, we can only take responsibility for ourselves and knowing what it is you truly desire, what it is you need, what it is, like the values that you have in it all. And if that's in, is this relationship contributing to that in a good way or not? There's so much you can learn about yourself through the whole process. And it doesn't mean that you have to be somebody's doormat. It doesn't mean that, you know, um, you have to do all of the housework because he's stressed out about his job. That's, and I don't think that that's what you're, um, Saying or asking, but I want to make this clear for everybody who's going to listen to this. Um, the whole point is is that you get to decide who you want to be always in every moment, and that is what you have authority over. so if you want to show up as a good teammate, then you can. and if that stops working for you,
2: then you can decide to do something different.
1: That was a really profound statement to me. I like it. I'm
0: so glad. Okie dokie. Thank you very much. This was you. Incredibly amazing for you to bring this to the table. So we all appreciate it. Um, I will lower your hand. We have 15 minutes for another round. If anybody has anything else they want to talk about anybody else. Here we go. Aries. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi
3: there. Um, I was wondering, it's sort of a broad topic, Yeah. but how to get out of your own way in terms of feeling stuck in, um, in self-care in terms of diet exercise, um, um, feeling compelled to to do one or the other, Um, maybe not being patient and just seeing where things go. (laughs) Um, maybe, uh, I, I could hone that down to more of one question, but, uh, I'll just throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I, let me just ask a couple of things to see if we can clarify a little bit, because I suspect many of us, um, approach self-care like we approach all the other things in our lives with vigor, and with the desire for perfection and excellence. And we end up making self-care another job to do that um, almost becomes like a rigid relationship with it. And I don't know if that statement yeah, bingo
3: is
0: clarifying. <laughs> so it sounds like how do we kind of like loosen our grip on mm-hmm. self-care or really anything for that matter? How do we loosen the grip, so why don't we do your model then? So we'll put okay. self care up in the sea, and um you said a feeling, and now I can't remember what it was. it was um
3: sort of stuck stuck um, stuck yeah.
0: what's the thought that's creating that feeling of stuck regarding your
3: self care that Perhaps I have no agency over the outcome, like something physical will happen. So if if I develop one type of exercise that I like to do, it, then I have to pivot. And I'm I'm sort of really good at reinventing myself and pivoting in that realm, but it's frustrating <laughs> to have to. Um. So is the thought
0: like? I'm always having to pivot or I'm always having to anticipate pivoting?
3: Um, I guess the stuck comes from maybe not accomplishing um, my health goals or um, trying lots of different things and and not really getting where I want to be.
0: Okay. I'm not getting where I want to be. Mm-hmm. can you say where you want to be if it's too personal that's okay
2: or like I mean, is there like do you
3: want to
0: run a marathon do you want to weigh a certain amount
3: yeah no I think it's an ease with myself like just being able to get up and put on my clothes and be comfortable in my my person on the day-to-day which I've been there before, but it doesn't last long.
0: This is really interesting. Comfortable in my person day to day. Thank you for defining that because we all kind of have different ideas of where, you know, where we want to be, but for you, it sounds like comfortable in your person day to day. So I'm not getting where I want to be comfortable in my person day to day and you feel stuck. And when you feel stuck, What do you do? Sounds like lots of pivoting. Yeah. Pivot to new activities or.
3: Yeah. I I try different things. I try harder. I. Mm.
0: um, Yeah. Um, How nice are you to yourself? Not very. (laughs) Okay. So don't be nice to myself. Mm-hmm. And then how does that show up? Is that in the form of like self-thoughts or ruminating or thought loops?
3: Um it is more withdrawn. Yeah, ruminating at times but less outgoing, less um involved.
2: So you hold yourself back a little bit. It sounds like.
3: Yeah.
0: So it's like, you're literally not comfortable in your right. Okay. So live on live, like not comfortable is the result. Okay. So If we look at this thought, I'm not getting to where I wanna be, which is comfortable in my person day to day. I think, you know, what's a really interesting exercise for people to do when they're practicing this is to look and say, well, what am I really making this mean? Like, does, is, what, what is really like the belief that's underneath it all? And I wonder if anything comes up for you, if you're like, oh, I can see here, like,
2: some underlying belief. I don't know.
0: So that's okay. And this may not apply, but this I think would apply for many people who are experiencing something similar to this, um, myself included, is not being comfortable in the day-to-day is like not being okay with who you are in the moment. And it's like not being good enough or not feeling like, yeah. um, just okay. You know, like, I know there's like the physical comfort of having your clothes fit well and that sort of thing, but there's just this experiential comfort of just being comfortable in your own skin of not feeling like you need to change or morph or work or do something to be better to deserve this moment.
3: Yeah, that, that sounds a mature view of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, that's what I'm wondering, like, okay, is, is the the superficial thought, like, I'm not getting to where I want to be, but it's like, oh, I think I need to get somewhere to be okay with myself. Yeah. Yeah. So many of us have this, like so many of us have adopted this type of a belief system. Um, And so just simply understanding that can be very freeing because it's like, oh, yes, I can see. And I can see why. It's like we almost have this conflict with ourselves of just being in our own form. So um, like I was explaining at the beginning of this, when we first have awareness That's the first step. And then immediately our brains are going to want to resist it because it's far more comfortable sticking with this being sort of uncomfortable in this model. That's a really easy model for us to live in. It's like so easy for us to beat ourselves up. Our brains have been doing it for decades And our brains do not want to change. It takes so much effort to do that. So the first thing we do after awareness is just resist all of it, just totally normal. But the way through the resistance is just with some compassion for yourself, curiosity about it, just kind of being um, in awe. Or like I like to tell my more clinical minded clients, um, when we're investigating a problem, like, say your patient comes in with a fever. We're not mad at them that they have a fever. We're curious. We're like, oh, where did that come from? I wonder if something hurts. I wonder, did you, did you fall? And uh, do you have inflammation in some area? Do you have redness? Like we ask all these questions about the fever. We don't get pissed at the fever unless it's waking us up at three in the morning, I guess. <laughs> um, so that's what I mean about getting curious. It's like, oh, geez where did that come from? Oh yeah. I know. Like you, you can then start to see where the thoughts might've been, the belief system might've been downloaded into your own brain. Maybe it's from the way we're socialized. Maybe it's from messaging you received in your residency or your job of having to do more and work harder to get to a certain place. Maybe it's messaging you received from your family of origin. Maybe it's the way a parent kind of treated his or herself, and you sort of um absorbed that into your own way of thinking. So the point is is just to get curious about it. And then the more and more you understand about this belief system, it's like you build space around it. And then you all of a sudden are like, oh wait, this isn't working for me. And you can start to replace more intentional things about yourself, just like, you know, this is how I've been my whole life. And I'm just going to practice not doing that anymore. Like you don't even have to say we're done with this model. It's just, you can be so much more gentle than that. And just be like, you know, I've been telling myself for a while that I'm stuck and I'm not getting, you know, I'm not comfortable, but I'm just going to practice being comfortable. Even if it's for a minute now, are you with me so far?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm listening to
0: you. Perfect. So then, sometimes, particularly when we're kind of like practicing being our own bodies, it can be distressing when we're not used to the sensations of our own bodies. And um, I have had clients get a little bit overwhelmed by what that feels like when you're in your own body because we just don't spend a lot of time there. Um, in fact, we're mostly trying to avoid feeling in our own bodies. And so it can be kind of distressing when you drop in and you're like, oh, like right now my belly feels a little bit bloated and my chest kind of hurts a little bit. And my knee is aching and you start to drop in. So, um, if you notice that you're really not tolerating that very well, and it's kind of activating for you, you can just imagine the the most neutral part of your body you could possibly have. I actually do this with my daughter who's nine and is very, very sensitive and she has got lots of visceral reactions. She has this idea about the top part of her ear. This is the neutral part of her body. So when she's having kind of a storm in her own body, I say, okay, honey, let's just focus on your ear right now. And I ask her to imagine her ear and just really focus her brain on her ear. That helps her to kind of dampen that response in her body. And then once she's got her nervous system a bit more regulated, then she's able to kind of sink back into the body feelings. I have read about, um, people using their pinky toe and I practice that for myself. So if I'm starting to feel distressed with experiencing my body, then I'll just put all my focus onto my pinky toe and let that distress kind of calm down. And what's really cool is, is that as you practice moving between feeling in your body and then going to the neutral place, and then maybe you could dip back into your body and experience that again, and you go back to your neutral place, that's called pendulation. And each time you do that, it gives your brain and your body this feedback loop that you're safe, and it allows you just a little bit more tolerance to feel your body. So for those of us who aren't used to that. And I don't know if you are or not Aries, but I think a lot of people probably might struggle with being in their bodies. So that's why I'm going through this exercise. The more you practice that, the more your window of tolerance for experiencing those sensations will grow Mm -hmm. until ultimately you feel safe in your body. So I think really what this model is telling us is like safety in your own body. Like, am I feeling safe in my own body? And I can say from personal experience, because I beat the shit out of myself for 44 years, I never felt safe in my own body till very recently. And even now I still notice like this morning, I just had this parade of mean things. I was saying to myself in the mirror, it was insane. I even posted about it on Common Thread this morning. I was like, dang it, where did that come from? I'm being an asshole to myself today. So I'm just saying this to let everybody know that it's all okay. We are all humans just practicing, tolerating our own humanity. That's it. Sounds Um, good. Yeah, so we're at the end of the hour. So um, thank you so much for everybody who participated today. That was really great and so grateful to you. And we'll see you next time. Have a great rest of your night.